You're listening to the GGC Life Podcast, weekly messages from our Sunday services. We hope this message encourages you. Be blessed. I was born in Christchurch, New Zealand, born again in Wollongong, Australia. So I am a proper Anzac. And uh, I was just thinking this morning, I was just praying about um, these two messages and I was just thinking, man, glorious gospel. Now that's a church that I fit right in with. Glorious gospel. You see, because there's quite a few churches that won't preach the gospel because they're scared it's going to offend people. What the heck? Your title is Glorious Gospel. And I love it. And uh, I've got a lot of friends in the room. I just want to say hi. I love you guys so much. We've got some exciting stuff coming up with Harvest Now. And uh, we've got we'll, we've got a launch on the 28th of March. So watch this space. It's going to be wild. And also, I just want you to know today, this is my first ever preach. Well, no, that was the power of the pause, you see. My first ever preach in the studio, which I think is really cool that my first ever preach in my home studio here is to you guys. I think that's pretty amazing. And it's kind of got a, a pretty cool story. So I got some builders around to have a look at the, uh, at the garage. We're in a garage and uh, it gave me a quote. And it was just over 10,000 plus tax to turn this into a studio. Now, I'm a traveling evangelist who hasn't really been traveling because I can't get out of the blooming country. So 10,200 plus tax is probably not going to fly. But God. That's right. But God. So the builder comes around. I start sharing with him. I knew him when he was about seven years old. And uh, a couple of Tuesday nights ago, I rang him. And I just really felt in my heart to ring him. You see, today I'm talking about the simplicity of the gospel at glorious gospel, which I love. The simplicity of the gospel. So I ring him. The husband and wife, two kids, not Christians, living like the devil, to be honest. So here we go. I ring. Hey, bro, how are you? It's Daz. G'day, Daz. Hey, I just want to know how you're doing, man. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm good. Awesome. I uh, I just rang to see how you're doing. How, how are you going? Yep, I'm good. So really, are you are you good? Uh, yes, Daz, I'm good. Super awkward, man. Super awkward. But that's okay. Jackie Ford, a good friend of mine, has taught me to do awkward well. As Christians, we need to do awkward well. And uh, this was super awkward. Okay, mate. Oh, just checking. See ya. Bang. Phone down. Whew, man, you, you know what that's like, hey? Praise God when those awkward moments finish. So uh, then I thought, I'm going to send him a video. That's right. I'm going to send him a video. But I, And I never do this. Please, this is super cringe. Super cringe. Please, listen. I sent a video of me. I know. I sent a video of me preaching. Look at me, look at me. No, no, no. I just really felt to. Normally, I see videos of Todd White and Dan Moeller and Chris Vallotton and, you know, but I sent a video of me. And uh, and then I thought, I'm going to send another one. So I sent him another video of me. He already thinks I'm weird. So I sent him another one. This is not a word of a lie. I sent him six. He actually says I sent seven, but I sent six videos of me preaching. That's a bit weird. Simplicity of the gospel. So he rings me the next day. 
And he goes, hey, bro, I really need to talk to you. And I went, oh, yep. About those videos last night. Oh, yep. I think you do. <laughs> okay, come around. So he brought him and his wife come around. And they sat at my dining table. And uh, this is what they said. We started watching your videos at 9 o'clock last night. And at 3 a.m., we knelt down beside our bed. And we gave our life to Jesus. The simplicity of the gospel. You see, the wife said to her husband, this Jesus thing is real. Why? Because they've been watching the gospel on their TV. They've been watching a, a crazy Kiwi boldly talking about Jesus, talking about no one's that lost that they can't be found. No one's that broken that they can't be fixed. No one's that hurt that they can't be healed. She looks over to her husband. She goes, I think this Jesus thing's legit. I think it's real. She said, why are you crying? He goes, I'm not crying. And he went, oh, I am crying. He was crying. Men, it's good to cry. We don't need to be staunch. We've got God that lives in us. The line of the tribe of Judah lives in us, men and women. Man, it's time for us to tip the world upside down. And I believe today this is going to inspire you because it's the simplicity of the gospel. So they actually, when they're in my house, they said, so we've come around today to make sure we did it right. So we'll get you to pray for us so we make sure we did it right. I said, oh, my goodness, are you for real? 3 a.m. in the morning, you're kneeling beside your bed, giving your heart to Jesus. You did it right. You confess with your mouth, but believe in your heart. Powerful, man. They got saved. They got saved. Two days later, he rings me. Hey, bro, I need to talk. <laughs> oh, yeah. Praise God, let's talk. And uh, he goes, you know that, that quote I did for you? your uh, garage to turn it into a studio okay yeah he said you know i've been so impacted it's actually your videos have actually impacted my whole marriage and he started explaining the difficulties they were going through and then they met jesus he said so that whole job i'm going to get my guys to come around and we're going to do it for free and we're going to do it for free and i'm preaching today this is the first message in this office. If I could turn the camera around, I would, but to be honest, I don't even know how to turn the camera on. I've got a guy here helping me, so I won't turn it around. But anyway, the simplicity of the gospel. So I thought, what's a good story that I could share that, that just symbolizes and tells a beautiful story of the simplicity of the gospel? And I've got one. I've got one. So put your seatbelts on, please. Because we're going to go. We're going to go fast. Here we go. So if you could set the clock, the countdown clock for two hours, 37 minutes. I've got a bit to get off my chest today. So that'd be awesome. So my wife and I went to a, a pastor's retreat sort of thing up in Wellington. And we're staying in these cabins. And it's kind of like a camping ground cabins-y thing. And they supplied the food. So we'd go to a into a big uh, dining hall and there'd be these big pots with food. Oh, my goodness. It was like eating cardboard, man. So, and we're there for a week. So come Thursday, I'm getting concerned. I'm losing that much weight. I'm getting concerned because I'm not eating. It's like, seriously. So I said to my wife, I said, Breezy, we need to get fish and chips. And she said, oh, okay. Uh, well, she didn't actually. 
But I, I heard, okay. So I went and uh, got the fish and chips <clears throat> and a donut and a Coke, I think. <clears throat> anyway, so I get it. We go back to the camp and I'm eating. Oh, praise God. And uh, I thought, oh, just have a look at my phone. Oh, it's my phone. I left my phone at the fish and chip shop. So we ring the fish and chip shop and hit fish and chips. Chips? Yeah, fish and chips, uh, not chips. So we left, left, we left it at the shop. So I ring and I go, hey, bro, uh, just wondering if my phone's still there. I left it there. I'm the guy that had some dude with threads and tats. He goes, oh, yes, I remember you. Uh, no, your phone's not here. And I'm thinking, they're lying, 100%. They're lying. They've stolen my phone. So I see Breezy, my wife, I see Breezy, I've got a plan. What we're going to do, we're going to go back there. You're going to ring me, my phone on your phone. I'm going to hear it ring. I'm going to jump over the counter, grab my phone, and then preach the gospel. This is a great plan, Breezy. And she was, oh, okay, yep. So thinking, oh, my goodness. So, so we go there, and I go, 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 ring, ring. So she's ringing, and we can't hear anything. So I'm, do it again, do it again. No, we can't hear anything. Thinking, oh. But then someone answers the phone. How's it? And Bree goes, oh, hi, you've got my husband's phone. Yeah. Cool, whereabouts are you? And he told us, we're just working around the, around the corner, working on a road. We're doing roadworks. So I thought, oh, praise God, we've got my phone back. So we drive around there. I get out of the car. I went up to him, hey, bro, my name's Des. Hey, bro, I just want you to know God loves you so much, man. He goes, oh, yeah, cool, bro, here's your phone. I said, man, I so appreciate you uh, finding my phone, man. So where was it? And he said, it was on the counter. I said, what do you mean it was on the counter? He said, it was on the counter at the fish and chip shop. I said, bro, you stole my phone. <laughs> yeah. I said, bro, you stole my phone, man. Yeah. Well, why'd you answer the call? That's not a very good feed. You answered the phone. Why'd you do that? He said, because every time the phone rang, the picture on the phone, I thought to myself, I can't steal this phone. Check out my screensaver. The simplicity of the gospel. You see, that is a beautiful picture of conviction. That is a beautiful picture of simplicity, the simplicity of the gospel. I think that's amazing. So I, I got to share the gospel with them, and uh, it was awesome, man. It was really, really a fun, fun encounter. Um, you know, I think sometimes we can overcomplicate sharing with people. And I think sometimes we can be so desperate to get trained in this area and trained and when they say this, then you say this and or you hand out this and, and I'm saying all that stuff's good. I'm not, I'm not bagging it at all. But what I am saying, we don't want methodology to be the crutch that we use to share the gospel because we've got a living God who lives inside of us. You know, that stuff is cool, but the Holy Ghost is cooler. The power of God that lives in you is cooler because he is alive from the dead, man. He is not just a name in an ancient book. Jesus Christ is actually the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we need to be talking way more about him than Corona. 
We need to be worshiping him in spirit and in truth, believing that he is going to set the captives free. But here's the deal. He wants to use you. Oh, but that's, uh, I'm quiet. I'm an introvert. Yeah, well, so am I, actually. So personality has nothing to do with it because it's the fire of the gospel in us takes us places where, where we thought we could never go. He makes the impossible possible. So it's not about a personality type. It's not about, I've been brought up in church. I haven't been brought up in church. I'm an extrovert. I'm introvert. I'm da, 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 da. There's 10,000 reasons that the devil will use to tell you, don't share the gospel. That's for the evangelist. Friend, I want you to know right now, that's a lie. That is a lie. The job of the evangelist, according to Ephesians 4, is to do what I'm doing right now, to inspire you, to equip you, to challenge you. Sometimes I've got to do a wee kick, just give you a wee kick, just to get you going. And that is the job of the evangelist. The job of the Christian is to share Jesus. Why? Great question. So glad you asked. Because we love Jesus. You see, we talk about things and people that we love. If you love Jesus, he will flow out of you. Freely we receive, freely we give. The power of the gospel. And if you realize what you carry, check this out. It's quite hard because I'm not actually in the room. I'm going to take two steps. One, Two, I just took two steps with God. The God that threw the stars into the sky just took two steps with me. Why? Because it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. God lives in us. He lives in us and he wants out and he wants you to preach his gospel. It's a glorious gospel wherever you go. I know a guy who uh, for many years, he was addicted to heroin. 25 years, actually. And uh, he was a broken man. And every day, addicted to heroin. But you see, Saul of Tarsus became Paul the Apostle through a lot of sozos. He went to 17 conferences, got all the lanyards, and then he attended all these different things. Or Saul of Tarsus had one encounter one encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ, one encounter on the road to Damascus changed his life forever. Friend, I want you to know today he is alive and he wants to encounter you like you've never been encountered before. He wants to tip your world upside down. So sharing Jesus, sharing the King just becomes a part of normal life. You see, my friend who was shooting up every day, my pastor, Wes Chambers, and I had the honor of praying for him. Just a prayer. Just lay your hands upon the sick, and they will recover. See, this is a picture of him. One encounter changed his life. Hey, guys. That guy Des was talking about was me. I spent 25 years using IV heroin and other drugs. And... I did everything I could in my own power to try and get out of that. I went through nine rehabs. I could tell you, any one of you, how to not use drugs because I knew all the textbook answers. The fact of the matter was I couldn't save myself. 
I remember one time before going along to one of the rehabs, my wife took me up there and we were sitting at a restaurant together and I had to order my food. And I, so I ordered it, but the person, the waiter couldn't understand a word I was saying. I was dribbling out the side of my mouth. My words were incoherent and my wife, embarrassed as she was, had to order my food for me. And that was how my life was. I'll give you another couple of stories. Um, twice, the grace of God saved me because I overdosed. One time I lost my hearing for three days, was in the hospital. Um, yeah, they didn't know whether I was gonna make it. But even though I didn't believe in God then, his grace covered me. I was also at home, and this is about a year leading up to me being prayed for by Daz and by his pastor, Wes. I'd go into the bathroom at home, into the toilet, because there was nowhere else that I could get any privacy to use drugs. And I'd be injecting products into my arms that was never meant to go in. And I'll be thinking to myself every time, oh, please don't let me die on the toilet here and be found by my wife or by my children. But I couldn't stop doing it. Nine rehabs and doing those sort of things had taught me that there was nothing that I could do to save myself. So I went up to, my wife said to me, Michael, you're not going to make it. Things are really bad here. You need deliverance. And I thought, well, deliverance isn't going to make any difference. It's, but I'll go with you. I'll go up to Christchurch and meet with Daz and with Wees. Honestly, guys, it was just, I just wanted to tick the box, get it done, because I had no expectations of anything happening. My wife knew Daz because she does a lot of graphics for his ministry, Global Gospel. And he used to come around to our house and I used to thought, used to think he was the weirdest guy. He, I actually felt offended when I saw him. I used to see his truck pull up outside when he came in to do some work and I'd be looking for an escape route. The fact of the matter was guys, Christ lived in Daz, and that just offended what was living in me at the time. So anyway, I said to my wife, yes, let's go and get the deliverance. Going up there to meet a guy I didn't like expecting something to happen, well, not expecting anything to happen. But that day, in that room, when Daz and Wes prayed for me, the love of Christ fell on me and I was changed in a moment. I went from 25 years of sticking a needle in my arm every day to never touching, never having another needle go in my arm again. I went from there to going home the next day. I was telling everybody and anybody I could about the love of God and what he'd rescued me from. He's alive today as much as he's ever been. And I just want to encourage you guys that if anybody is struggling with 
with anything. Jesus saves today the same as he always has. If he can rescue a sinner like me and have me now traveling around with dads and telling everybody, not just when I'm with dads, but when I'm doing life, when I'm being a Christian, I can't help but tell about the one that saved me. So thanks for listening to me, guys. I hope this is an encouragement. God bless. Powerful way. Let's just let that sit on you for a moment. Father, I just pray right now that that testimony hits every single heart. So every single person in the room would know that they know that they know that you're for them, you're not against them, you're in a good mood, and you're an awesome dad. I think that's such a beautiful, beautiful testimony because, you know, 25 years of full-blown heroin addiction and uh, we were traveling uh, down south and we did a road trip preaching in some churches and, uh, and I started talking to Michael about the withdrawals because if you come off heroin, the withdrawals are full on. No withdrawals. No withdrawals. He walked into the church office, a full-blown drug addict. And he walked out of the church office, a son. That's the gospel. That's the simplicity of the gospel. Absolutely amazing. Now, I know you're thinking, well, Dad, you've been preaching for 20 minutes and you haven't even given us a verse. I've got a verse for you. It's all right. I've got a verse for you. We've got a verse coming. Then it'll make it legit. Romans 1, 16 says this, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. I am not ashamed of the gospel. Your church is glorious gospel. You are not ashamed of the gospel. That is amazing. I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. How will they believe if we don't tell them? How will they believe if we don't step out of our comfort zone? How will they believe if we don't live out our Christian walk? If I said to you today, quite wealthy, I flew in in my jet. Mate, to be honest, if the borders had opened last night, I would have swum over to see you guys. So just picture this, multi-multi-trillionaire, come in, do a seminar at your church on business. And I said to you, hey guys, you know what, we're going to have some fun today. What we're going to do today, I'm going to give you $100 from 7 o'clock p.m. till 9 p.m. tonight. Every person that you speak to about Jesus, I'll give you 100 bucks. How many people would you talk to? Would fear be an issue? Would you want to speak to more people after 9 p.m.? Because you get $100. Speak to 30 people, these three grand. Friend, I want to tell you that Jesus hung on a cross naked for six hours for you. That's worth talking about. That's worth talking about wherever we go. I, um, I love open-air preaching and sharing one-on-one and doing what I'm doing now, equipping. I love it. I love, 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 love. So blessed. And uh, some people think they have this misconception that I'm super fearless, so brave, da 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 da. That's not true. That's not true at all. 
I have to push through fear just like you. Lord spoke to me about five years ago and he said, never forget David ran to Goliath because when you're running, you don't have time to think. So that, that has been my go-to. So for an example, if I'm on a plane and the plane lands and I'm about to get up and, and preach, I have to push through fear because he's worthy to be talked about. I remember uh, one day I, I actually was going to the airport with a friend of mine. We were heading to Brisbane and uh, we, were, we had six days of preaching. So we had a big trip ahead of us. And uh, I had a word for a lady as we were driving to the airport. So I, I get up to go to the bathroom on the plane. It's 35,000 feet. And I looked to the lady behind us and that was the lady. And I, I just shared the word. The word I said, hey, look, I was driving here today. I'm a Christian. God gave me a word for you. This is what I believe. She bursts into tears. Flight attendants come because they're thinking, what's that? Tattooed, strange looking fella, making the lady cry. Anyway, it was, it was powerful, man. It was super powerful. And I got to share with the flight attendants. And then when the plane landed, I stood up and just check it out. Listen to the response from the flight attendant at the end. Hey guys, Daz here. When I was driving to pick up Josh today, I just really felt in my heart there was someone on this plane that needed to know that Jesus loved them. And uh, it was kind of awesome because mid-flight I met that lady and had the opportunity to pray for her. Now I'm just going to share with everyone on the plane how amazing Jesus is. Hey guys, how are ya? My name's Daz, I'm from Christchurch. I've just got some really good news for you. You see, I used to be a, a drug addict, so messed up for 22 years. But I met Jesus Christ and he changed. Someone needed to hear some good news, and I believe it was you. It was such an honor to pray for this lovely lady on the flight. But I want you to know that Jesus is not a name just in an ancient book. I met him, he changed my life, and he loves you guys so much. Have an awesome time in Brisbane. Cheers. Even just from sharing gospel on planes, people have come to our events and have encountered God. Just going, yeah, that guy's just on the plane. Thank you. <laughs> so good. Uh, and he loves you very much. That does great things for my heart, man. Got to pray for those ladies and just the, the simplicity of the gospel. Just, yeah, I, I, I just feel that this is a different service to the first one. And because I'm, I'm just feeling really deep in my heart to, to really hit home, he's worthy to be talked about. He's worthy to be talked about because he loves you so much. You know, nothing you can do will make him love you any more than what he does right now. <clears throat> it should have been you and I hanging on those crosses, man. But he took our place. He took my sin. He took my shame. He, he took it because he loved me. You know, the Bible says that it pleased the Father to bruise the Son. Powerful, man. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. And uh, 
Yeah, so I was on a... <clears throat> no, I just want to sit here for a minute. I just really feel the Lord wants me just to really speak into He is worthy. He is worthy. You know, He is so worthy to be talked about. He is so worthy to be worshipped. He's got such a beautiful plan for your life. Thank you, Lord. All he wants is all of you. How tragic would it be to give Jesus your heart and never give him your life? What he could do with your life will tip the world upside down. My friend that's in the studio with me, he'd probably, nine months ago he was shooting the hero and he'd probably be dead now. But Jesus was worthy to be talked about. Mm. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Actually, you know what? We don't need notes right now. See you later, notes. <clears throat> Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. As far as my preaching, I had some really cool stories and other stuff to share with you. But as far as my preaching, it's done. You know, because sometimes we need to make room for God. We need to step aside and let the one that holds seven stars in his right hand come into the room and invade the room. And I just feel almost trembling in my heart for me to step aside now and let God be God. Let God be God. But before I do that, I want to just in two minutes, I want to just preach the gospel because here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's people sitting in the room right now. And if you were to die today, you would spend eternity in hell. That is why there is an urgency. That is why we're cutting out the fluff and we're going in hard right now. Because I believe that today is the day that's going to change your life. You've got free will. My question is, in two minutes' time, what are you going to do with Jesus? What are you going to do with Jesus? You see, I, 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 had, I, I had this all planned how I was going to do it. But he wants me to talk about how worthy he is. And then he wants me to confront you with a question today. You may be a leader in this church. You may be on the, the music team. I don't need any musicians. I don't need the lights dimmed. I don't need emotional music. I don't need any of that. I don't need heads bowed. I don't need eyes closed. As a matter of fact, I want every eye open. Why? Because he's worthy. He is worthy. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world is worthy to be talked about. You see, he came to earth first night in a manger. That's a feeding trough. The King of all glory spends his first night in a feeding trough. That's a God that I can follow. That's a God that I can lay my life down for. You know, he grew up as a normal man. And then he started teaching and preaching and just blowing people's minds. What's really, really interesting is the day that John baptized him in the Jordan. A loud voice from heaven said, this is my son with whom I'm well pleased. Really, God, he's done nothing yet. No performed, no miracles. Hasn't fed 5,000, hasn't raised the dead, hasn't done all this stuff. Because it's not about the stuff. 
It's never been about the stuff. It's about this is my son. You are his son. You are his daughter with whom I'm well pleased. You live for God. Your whole world will never be the same again. Your marriage, your businesses, your schooling, it will never be the same again. Why? Because you'll have God living in you. One of his friends handed him over for a bag of coins. The Roman soldiers got him. They arrested him. They started whipping him and whipping him. His back looked like a, a farmer had plowed a field on it. His skin was hanging like ribbons, the Bible said. They put a, 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 a crown of thorn on his head. They put a sack over his head. They'll punch him in the face and punch him in the face. And they'll say, if you were really God, tell us who just hit you. That spat on him. The whole crowd was against him. He carried that cross down that road, falling over until someone had to help. Then they got him. They, they laid him out on that cross. They got these nine-inch nails, and they slammed them through his hands. They slammed them through his feet. This is the gospel, man. This is good news. This will set you free. If you receive this, you won't spend eternity burning in hell. Hell is just as real as heaven, man. It's got an address. It's a real place. The fire of hell is not going to put itself out. It's a burning place where the Bible said there's great weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's one way in and no way out. But you see, you may be sitting there thinking, well, if the God you're talking about is such a God of love, why would he send people to hell? Friend, I want you to know he sends no one to hell, but he honors every decision made on planet Earth. He'll honor the decision you make today. Whether you choose to reject him or receive him, he will, he will stand behind your decision. They chopped his feet together. They got another nail and they slammed it through his feet. They put a rope around the cross. They pulled the cross up high. The Bible says, as he be lifted up, he draws all men to himself. The Lord Jesus Christ died that day on that cross. Three days later, he rose from the dead. The Bible says he appeared to two, to 12, to over 500 at once. 24 years ago in your country. That's why I just love preaching in Australia. 24 years ago in your country, he appeared to me. And today, in this moment right now, he wants to appear to you. If you need to get right with God or give him your life, maybe you've given him your heart, but it's time to go all in. Today is your day. I want you to stand up right now. Don't let fear hold you in your seat. Don't let worry about what the person left or right is thinking. Today is your day. He wants to set you free. Maybe you're hooked into pornography, drugs, drinking. Maybe you're doing things with your girlfriend or your boyfriend that you shouldn't be doing. I want you to know today he wants to set you free. He wants to forgive you. Take it from the east to the west so then you can live free. Because the Bible says, who the son, there's not that thing in the sky, that's the son of God, who the son sets free. It's free indeed. It's free indeed. I'm going to count down from 10. There's people in the room and you're thinking, man, I can't wait for this broadcast to end. There's someone in the room thinking, yeah, I'm going to get right with God tonight when I get home. Sir, I want you to know what if you don't get home? I'm going to count down from 10. If you need a response, stand up, be bold. Who cares what anyone thinks? 
It's almost like as you stand up, you'll break those chains of bondage, those chains of addictions, those chains of doubt. As you stand up, you'll break those chains. You've got free will. What do you choose? Ten, nine, eight, seven. Divorce the fear. It's not your friend. Six, five, four, three. Come on. He died for you as you because he loves you. Today is your day. Two, one. God bless you. I want you to come to the altar right now and kneel down. Come to the altar right now and kneel down. This is it. It's not too late. If you need to get right with God, come to the altar right now. We'll wait for you because you're worth it. We will wait for you because you're worth it. Who else? Who else today needs to get right with God? You, you walk in broken. You can walk out healed. You walk in hurt. You can walk out healed. Get him, Jesus. Get him, Jesus. Every single one, Lord, that needs to get right with you today. I pray you get him. Lord, I pray for tongues of fire above every single head. Lord, I pray for your fire to fall on this room right now. Your goodness, your kindness, your mercy. You know what? For, for too long, in these moments, you'd echo a preacher. You'd echo a minister and they'll do this and do that. I'm done with that, man. I'm done with it. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth, you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart, you will be saved. So I want every single one of you on the altar right now just to cry out to God. Yourself, you don't need me to lead you in a prayer. You know that you've been struggling with sin and you want God to forgive you, cleanse you. You know that you're asking him, you're inviting him in. He sits at the, stands at the door and knocks. He's not going to push the door down, man. Invite him in right now. Just invite him in. Just invite him in. Maybe this is the first time. Just say, Jesus, come in. In your words. Get real. The stuff that you've been struggling with. Maybe that secret addiction that no one knows. I want you to know that the Lord Jesus Christ looks down and sees it every day. And do you know what he sees about you? Even though he sees that junk, he says, I love you. I love you. You can do this. You're better than this. Come on. Today is your day. Man, thank you, Lord. Father, I just want to pray a blessing over the, the beautiful soldiers on the, on the altar. Lord, I just pray a blessing over them right now. Lord, I just pray for a hedge of protection around their minds. Lord, I pray that as they leave, the church today, as they step outside of the church building, that every single one of them would realize they've entered the harvest field. And Lord, I pray that you'll use them powerfully to share your glorious gospel. Lord, I pray that in Sydney, this church will be such a bright light on the hill.
You've been listening to the GGC Life Podcast. We hope this message has encouraged you. For more, please visit our website, ggclife.com or email us, ggclife at ggclife.com. From our house to yours, be blessed.